The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sports Grid Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Matic. I am joined by Colin Drew. There was no waiver wire show yesterday. I apologize to you guys. Uh, I, I felt like I was actually on my deathbed. Negative COVID tests secured. Apparently, my immune system is uh, it's taken a real dip under the last 18 months. So uh, just like the, <laughs> the basic cold, Colin, it really wiped me out. I'm just devastated you. Yeah. And four weeks of doing 40 hours of content a week, I guess, catches up to the voice eventually. So I don't know. We're back for the people. We got the free game by game show today. And uh, it should be an interesting slate. A bunch of the, like the general teams. No, that every good team yeah. is not playing. They're all prime yeah. time. Yeah. So, so it it is, it is interesting because so for example, Kyler, there are only four quarterbacks over 7,000. And like, when you just get that on a slate, that basically means we're dealing with a bunch of team totals of 24 to 26 a bunch of quarterbacks who, who uh, you know, don't run that much, though. We do have some good rushing options here uh, in this slate. So let's go ahead and start Tennessee at Jacksonville. I'm guessing from the team total that they are anticipating at least one of Julio or A.J. Brown back. We don't have it projected that way right now, but my my guess would be at least one of those guys is is back. It's It's hard for me to see the Tennessee Titans having a 26 and a half point team total with Chester Rogers and Josh Reynolds as their, uh, their top option. Although it is the Jacksonville Jaguars and I'm not sure this is too much of a downgraded matchup from the jets last week. So it'll, it'll be pretty interesting. Um, I mean, Derek Henry, obviously going to be one of the highest on plays on the slate, probably 20 to 30% ownership. There's no Christian McCaffrey. Alvin Kamara is not being used in the passing game. Dalvin Cook had a scaled back workload his first game back from injuries. So I, I do think we're kind of seeing Henry in the same spot. Maybe if both Julio and AJ Brown were to return, it would depress ownership a bit, but it's hard not to create another narrative for, you know, Derek Henry touching the ball 25 to 30 times and going over hundred yards. And then from there, it's just a question of whether he scores one or multiple touchdowns. Yeah. And I guess the interesting wrinkle from their passing game was that Josh Reynolds came from being a healthy scratch to leading uh, the wide receivers and targets. Now Jeremy McNichols had 12 targets, which was, I mean, it's, uh, it's unbelievable that Derek Henry can get his 35 touches and Jeremy McNichols can also get 12 targets, but Nick Westbrook at kind got eight targets. Uh, Chester Rogers got six. Berkser got five. I, I would guess that probably that's how it would be structured again if AJ Brown and Julio Jones were not to play that we that we should actually have Josh Reynolds. I mean, we basically have them those three guys splitting it right now, Chester Rogers, Westbrook Akine, and, and um Reynolds. But I, I would guess that Reynolds should actually be 
the lead of those three if Julio and AJ Brown do not play again. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's always it was always tough, right? He had been inactive, and people were assuming Westbrook or kind would maintain his workload that he had had and like the the spot start. And now people will probably assume the opposite. So it is a pretty good matchup for Tennessee, especially if you get to a situation where maybe one of AJ Brown and or Julio is active and the other one's out. I do think you'll get a lot of leverage from stacking the Titans passing game and um, too early in the week to call which of Westbrook or kind or Reynolds will be more popular. But um, I think like a double stack for Tannehill would, would be pretty interesting. And I know we're pretty excited about the bringbacks on the Jaguars as well. DJ Chark uh, out after his injury last game, LaVisca, had more of a, a real wide receiver role, I guess I would say, like running down the field routes opposed to just the low ADAT routes. And so we've got both him and Marvin Jones as pretty good values. We even have Trevor Lawrence, who's been running a little bit more as a pretty good value this week. So I think this game's pretty appealing for fantasy when all said and done. Okay. Can I can I be the fish then um, and say, <laughs> thinking about the Jaguars organization as a whole, does all of the like, you know, we're getting all this reporting that the players like don't like Urban Meyer, that like they're laughing at him after he leaves team meetings. Like this would be the kind of contextual information that after if the Jaguars get blown out here and score 10 points on offense, like that would be the sort of thing that would color it and be like, oh, yeah, well, they just like don't they want to get this coach fired or whatever. I don't know that that's that's it's that's like the fit that's my fish brain though. yeah that's I mean it's just like it's so thin to me I mean what like your rookie quarterback making his fifth start is going to decide to intentionally lay an egg to get the coach fired just it doesn't feel like when all's said and done I mean maybe that maybe they aren't super together and buttoned up and they're not productive offensively or they let in a ton of like points, just a, like just a weird week. it's got just to be a weird week of practice i guess james robinson also like he got fed last week against the Bengals. Yeah, carlos, carlos hyde was inactive i thought he and, was hurt but i was doing some research yesterday and he was not I, yeah. I so it was reported at the time that he was hurt but then the reporting changed and he was just a straight up healthy scratch so i mean Six james K, robinson like a pretty nice price pretty nice price yeah all right let's move on Got to be honest, don't think I'm going to play a single player in the New England-Houston game in single entry or three max. Not even not even Damian Harris. Not even Damian Harris. I just, no one here is interesting to me. <laughs> I, I, I tend to agree for, for single entry. I definitely agree. I think Damian Harris is a fringe value. Um, what we saw with the Patriots backfield, James White, since the injury, like definitely an uptick in work for Brandon Bolden, especially against Tampa Bay, where it was a situation where they were throwing the ball um, and kind of funneling things towards the pass. That's not going to be the case against Houston. It should be a positive game script for Damian Harris. He hasn't really lost the early down work and Ramondre Stevenson has still been inactive. So I think you're still going to see Damian Harris kind of in that 15 to 20 carry range, like 5,500, not the best price, but in MME, he's definitely going to be a guy that I think is in consideration, probably a guy that's four or 5% owned. Yeah, like James Robinson has a more secure floor because Damian Harris isn't involved in the past game, but he's probably the one guy I think in tournaments that is probably worthy of consideration. And um, beyond that, I guess it's mostly a fade spot. Houston, 15 and a half point applied team total, like Brandon Cook seeing 35% of the team's targets, but it's still a team that's trying to run the ball as much as they can to just like get off the field and keep the ball out of Davis Mills' hands. Yeah, I mean, like most weeks, he is going to post something like 
nine targets, six receptions and 58 yards. And then like some weeks he will, you know, every once in a while, he'll get a long one. He'll get behind the defense and score a long touchdown or whatever. But I don't know. Like, I, I think like that also there's like this other argument of like, are you, are you, if you stack teams against the Texans, are you using bringbacks? Like if you were playing bills last week, were you using cooks or Anthony Miller as bringbacks? I didn't. Uh, I mean, I think, I guess like the argument to sell it would be that you think the only way that they keep their foot on the gas for four quarters is if the Texans have some life in them, but like cook's price has been pretty full um, versus getting like a discount associated with being on the Texans. So I, I was not using bringbacks in that environment. And I don't know. I mean, it didn't work for the bills last week because Mitch Trubisky did have some points on garbage time, but the, the week before, like the bills were in the same spot against the Washington football team and they were still throwing the ball deep into the fourth quarter. So I don't think you, you have to, but yeah, I don't know. I'm probably not stacking the, the Patriots anyways. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move on to our next game. Denver at Pittsburgh. Gotta be honest. Another game. I literally have no interest. You know what? I could be sold on um, I could be sold on Javante here as like a one and a half percent owned guy because like one I think the Steelers are uh, DOA I mean they just look every game Ben finds a way to like look worse than the game before he uh, he I saw this great stat the other day he has I believe four throws behind the sticks on fourth down already Every other team in the NFL combined, all 31 other teams have six throws behind the sticks on fourth down combined. So it's like they just have like kind of com- completely given up. I don't know. I mean, I, I guess if I was going to say a play on the Steelers side, maybe I maybe I could be sold on um, on Deontay. But like even Najee now at 6,900, I guarantee when I go to go run our optimals, he's going to be in there. But I don't know. Just the, the Steelers are just one of these teams that's just like they're going to do worse than their baselines that we have in our data because it's hard for us to bake in the fact that Ben Roethlisberger might be the worst quarterback. Yeah, he I really mean, might def- be the worst. It's definitely not good for Pittsburgh. I guess like the, the argument against that is just the workload is so insanely high for Najee. Another seven targets last week. And um, like when you, when you have that, baked in floor like playing 90 percent plus the snaps handling like 80 90 percent of the receiving vault or the rushing workload plus the target share it's just like a pretty solid floor and we've seen running backs on bad teams with this floor do well in the past whether whether it was like a saquon or um so i'm more interested in Najee than you are probably less interested in the the running backs on the bronco side of things i think it's gonna be a low total game and they are still splitting the workload between melvin gordon and javante and so you're not like, I just think they're almost the same price as Damian Harris. The Patriots have a higher team total. And I think that like his path to upside to two touchdowns is probably a bit higher than the Broncos backs. Yep. I think that, I think that seems reasonable, but I mean, we are, we are three games in and I'm not, I'm not super excited about, uh, about anyone yet. Um, all right. Green Bay at you weren't, yeah, We had like the Visca breakout week and I thought you would at least get a little excited just, for the Jags. I think you're still, kicking the cold a little bit no i i'm worried about this urban meyer stuff dude i i legit like that's not even me like i know it's I you know think it's the football Richard team Ray. really cares that much their coach is like has a girl dancing on a minute bar 
No, I don't think they care about that at all. I think they, I think they care that he's a weirdo. I think they care yeah. that Urban Meyer is just a big weirdo. He's just a weird guy. Like I think that's like. Well, they knew that before the video surfaced. Is my my argument against that? I guess that's true. Um, so the Packers, Devonte Adams lays lays an egg last week, uh, but he basically has no one to compete with him at the top of the wide receiver position this week, right? Cooper Cup not in the slate. Tyree kill, not in the slate. Like if you, if you take a look um, like there's just a, there's just a huge gap in uh tier of wide receiver from him. Like, so I, I think Devonte, our projection on, on DJ Moore looks, I mean, it looks good to me, but it, it, it will be, there'll be a little bit of sticker shock on this DJ Moore projection for people. So I think Devonte Adams will be the most owned wide receiver of the slate. I would be really into the Bengals here, right? Joe Mixon potentially not playing. But do you think this causes them to go more pass heavy or do you think they just are kind of stubborn with this like really slow offensive pace? I think they're pretty stubborn with the slow offensive pace. I think the, it could get away from them. Like if the Packers get up a couple of touchdowns early, I don't think they're stubborn enough to, to stick to it in a really bad game script. Um, and so I think that would be maybe the, the bull case for, the Bengals is if the Packers get on them early and then they're, they have to flip out of it. I guess the challenge with the Bengals, you know, twofold, they, they are expected to get T Higgins back this week. So that just brings a third wide receiver back in the pecking order. And um, you know, last week we did see things get more concentrated uh, between Tyler board and Jamar chase. They had combined uh, 62% of the team's targets, but those targets are basically just going to be split with Boyd there now. So um, or with Higgins back rather. So I, I guess I'm just worried it's like diversified, but yeah, the Burrow double stack with a Devonte Adams bring back. Like I'm, I'm interested in that this week. Yeah. I mean, I guess I can, I can see it both ways. One, I can see really, I mean, Burrow is Burrow is cheap relative to what, uh, you know, some of the other court, like he is 6,100 where if, if he's priced like a guy who's throwing 28 passes a game, if he throws 40 passes in this game, he also has been, scrambling just a little bit like not not a not a ton um yeah you know he really reminds me of he really looks like tony romo to me when like when he's playing well uh and escaping the pressure that it's kind of neither here nor there but it's it's bullish in my mind i would i would love to use joe burrow double stacks in this game if i had any confidence that the combination of uh home underdog mixing either not playing or banged up but I, I, I feel like their big organizational mandate right now is just like, do not get Burrow killed. Like just, hey, we cannot have Joe Burrow get killed. Like Trevor Lawrence is getting murdered behind this Jaguars offensive line. And so they're really, they're just playing so conservative on offense. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And that's a little bit of the concern. They opened it up a little bit on the past, at least run pass ratio last week against Jacksonville. Again, that was kind of game script oriented. They were down at halftime. So I think they will if they need to, but yeah, they were still like what they're running 52 plays a game, which is not super great for fantasy. Um, you know, one of those wide receivers can go off any given week, but I think the backfield, we got to talk a little bit as well. Not sure. Joe Mixon was originally ruled week to week. And then his coach said he was closer to day to day still doesn't mean he's a lock to play this week. We've actually got him projected out right now. Samaji P Ryan will be the primary backup for Mixon, but I think there's a decent chance that Chris Evans takes over some of the passing game workloads. So we'll mix in was kind of getting the alpha running back workload. P Ryan, I don't think will he's still going to be squarely in play at 4k though. Cause 
even if you assume he just gets the majority carries and is involved in the past game, he's still like a fringy value projecting for 11 and a half, 12 fantasy points. And if, if there is the chance that he takes over more of the passing game work as well, there's kind of upside from there. And he is, um, he would get like the goal line the, carries yeah, too. For sure. Yeah. So if, if, you know, just whatever T Higgins gets tackled at the one, they, they hand the ball off to Samaj Pierre. And like, I was, I was thinking like, I don't know, if Samaj Pirine is is eighteen percent owned, is he still a play? I don't know, probably. But if he's eighteen percent owned and Chris Evans is one percent owned, which one would I rather play? I, I don't. Maybe Chris Evans. But then again, I'm I'm kind of making the assumption that they turn a little bit more pass heavy, which we we just have no evidence of. We just don't have evidence of them. I mean that that overtime game against the Vikings, they threw twenty seven times. Yeah. So. Yeah, and Chris Evans has not been heavily utilized. He has been targeted like a high percentage of his snaps, but, but we haven't really seen anything. So it wouldn't be like shocking if he was still just restricted to like a 20% snap share. Yeah. Uh, all right. The next game is the Philadelphia Eagles at the Carolina Panthers. I am shocked to see this low of a total for the Eagles. They, they have a 20-point team total, only a 44.5 total for the game in general. Uh, Jalen Hurts to me looked like the stone best quarterback play. I mean, he is on pace to like throw 580 times run for a thousand yards. He's like rushed for at least 50 yards in every game. When they get behind, they are just chucking the ball. Like I, I how is Jalen Hurts just not like the nut, like quarterback play? He's gotta be. <laughs> I was shocked at the total too. I mean, yeah, 20 points. Definitely. It was a little jarring looking at it and seeing that, um, so I got like a little bit of a pause. I think hurts the hardest thing for me is just like the, the stack equity hasn't quite been he, there. He's like, he's like 2019 Lamar. You just gotta, you just gotta, you just gotta treat him like do your, do your game stack and then sub out whatever other quarterback and sub in Jalen hurts. That's what we used to say to do with Lamar. Like do your, figure out your game stack, your bring backs and everything, and then sub out Patrick Mahomes for Lamar in that line. Yeah. yeah. And I'm, I'm also, like you said earlier in the show, like DJ Moore, he, I mean, he's seeing like a Devontae Adams level target share. We still haven't, we see like a little bit shift back to Robbie last week, but DJ Moore finally finding the end zone a couple of times and um, show like realizing the upside that I think he's had for the last year and a half. And so I, th- I think people like him enough that the, he's not going to be like a single digit ownership in this spot. Um, but I, I do think that when it comes down to it, people would still rather click Devontae Adams over DJ Moore. Yeah. No, I, I mean, you are, you are hundred percent right. I mean, DJ more like right now, that's not what our ownership projections say, but when it comes down, it's like the Cooper cup thing we were talking about last week, right. Where people are not going to click Cooper cup over Tyree killer, Devonte Adams. Like the, and I, I don't know, did that, did that thesis end up being true? I didn't play Cooper cup. So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, um, he was still reasonably popular in the MME environment, but yeah, I, I think in the smaller field stuff, a little bit less so. Um, so yeah, I guess the other news, like the Carolina backfield, um, CMC is officially questionable, I'll probably leaning more out than in. Um, Chubba Hubbard only played 47% of snaps last week. Yeah, they they're up, all unplayable. Every Carolina Panthers Rod- running Rodney back is Smith, unplayable. 37% of snaps, Royce Freeman getting involved as well. So probably the biggest red flag for Chubba was just he, he wasn't involved in the passing game, which I think we expected him to be after what we'd seen the first game CMC left in the middle of it. Yep. Yeah. I mean, what a, what a bummer. Uh, right. I mean, 
we didn't even think about Rodney Smith. We didn't even tell. I didn't even really think he was going to be active. Yeah, it like, didn't register for me at all. Yeah. So, uh, I guess any any interest in any of the secondary uh, Carolina Panthers? Any? I I have no interest in any skill position player in this game. Just just DJ Moore and uh, Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. I'd probably still be implied to yeah stack Hurts with somebody, whether it was Hurts is thirty four hundred. He's quite a bit cheaper than Goddard, but um, just more as a one-off. Yep. All right. I actually think this next game is is pretty stackable. Uh, Detroit at Minnesota. You have the, you have a 30, 30 or 29-point team total for Minnesota, depending on your book. Uh, a bunch of cheap bringbacks on the – well, I guess not that cheap. Cleef Raymond is up to 4,800. Quintus Cephas is 4,300. But um, those guys would be – I, I feel pretty confident that if the Vikings hit their team total, one of Hawkinson, Raymond, or Cephas is like this is not like a, a Texan situation. Like I feel like one of those guys would definitely be close to an optimal lineup. And then on the Vikings side, Dalvin Cook only played I believe forty nine percent of the snaps. Came left the game, came back in. Um, so I think that tilts them a little bit more pass heavy. And then obviously Jefferson, Thielen, um, and then I, I think that you can you can toss uh, Conklin into. Kirk double stacks as well. I, I think this game has the potential to be one of those games. That's like uh, it's, it's one of the early games that's still going on when the late games are starting on, on red zone. And we're like flashing back to like fourth quarter pass attempts from Jared Goff when the, the three o'clock games are starting. You forcing uh, lions into a bring back here. Yeah. De- yeah. I would Hawkinson, for sure. DeAndre Swift. Cause, cause Kirk is not going to Kirk is not going to get there. If, if Dalvin cook has like 33 carries and they're yeah. just, they're winning the whole game. Yeah. I think that's fair. I'm pretty interested in following the practice reports for the Vikings leading up to this week. Cook was, um, I mean, extremely limited in practice throughout the course of the week. I think still expected, like he gave like the pregame interview about how he's going to be back and like this, you can expect me to be a full go. And so, I mean, last week, like I played him in a, this three max lineup I had, I had CPAT Tyree kill on it, just the stone nuts, Dalvin cook at 3% ownership. It just got buried by the big dog. And so I think cook again this week, especially with the 50% snap share from last week, I think he's going to be like one to 5% owned in tournaments. And so if he's practicing in full this week, I think we can expect him to have his workload ramped back up to where it was the first three weeks if he's limited all week, including on Friday, then I think you have to project more of a split again with Madison, but he's going to be pretty enticing for tournaments, especially the lottery styled ones at what I think will be the lowest ownership you ever see Dalvin cook at. Yep. And, and it's like, obviously a not matchup too. So yeah. I'm, I'm with that. I'm with that. Uh, Detroit running backs. I mean, Swift to me continues to look like a pretty good play. Jamal Williams, like really out carried him last week, but th- that's the kind of stuff we don't, really want anyways and like he he is i think he's still gotten at least five receptions uh in every single game he might not have gotten five he only got four last week so but i mean he he played 73 percent of the snaps last week which is actually as high he just was not as he just was not as productive last week yeah i think that's fair um yeah i think you can mix him in as a bring back i think you could consider him as a one-off as well yeah uh all right our next game Another game I, I literally just am not interested in the New Orleans Saints and the Washington football team. The Saints are just like so dust for DFS and their defense is really good. Though I guess Except until Daniel Jones like double stacks just went absolutely yeah, just nuclear and were all the optimal lineups last week. <laughs> yeah, and Heineke Heineke was in optimal lineups last week too. 
yeah that game was wild as well uh and it was like one of the the few ways you could get to like the the cpat teams as well so a lot of the i mean it doesn't feel good like despite what happened last week it doesn't feel good i know heineke he got there late it was like a 40 50 yard touchdown pass when they were playing catch up against the falcons and daniel jones got there pretty late as well but um i guess mclaurin he's priced up at 7400 now he has seen alpha level workload and it's been even higher since heineke has been in so I think that's worth monitoring, not the best matchup. The price is probably a little bit too full for me to be super interested, but it, it does seem like, like Heineke has been known to like lock onto a guy and McLaurin saw 40% target share last week. Um, they lost Diami Brown. I think Curtis Samuel could be ramped back up in workload going into this week. And they, uh, they lost they... Logan Thomas as well. Well, I was going to say, what did they do to, yeah, they didn't change Curtis Samuel's price. So, so I think I, he's going to be a really good punt play. Yeah. I think he will probably be in a lot of people's cash teams. I would guess. I mean, I haven't, I haven't gotten too deep into the slate. Like, I don't know if it's that type of slate where we're jamming uh, multiple dudes in, but I, I do feel, uh, I do feel like Curtis Samuel at three K probably a, a pretty good play. Uh, all right. Miami at Tampa Bay. I mean, do we, do we care if, Geo is back for Fournette, or is this uh, is this uh, Fournette in cash slate? <laughs> Did you play Mike Davis in cash last week? No. Okay, I, no. I was I was wondering Nate, where you were going to get there. Nate Nate did. Okay. <laughs> so I mean, Fournette, we definitely care if Geo's back, just because if Geo's practicing and healthy and active, he's going to take over some of the passing work and. I know Ronald Jones scored a touchdown last week, but it's still yeah. Kind but of who, Fournette's who backfield. cares though? Yeah, yeah. got like three carries. So, it, like, if if Fournette's going to get sixty percent of the carries, even if you project Jones to factor in a bit in the red zone, uh, Andy's going to get twelve percent or more of the targets. Then Fournette's a really good play this week. Yeah, I mean, he looked decent too. I might, I might play him in. I might play him in. I cash. think you would. Yeah, uh, and then. So I, I guess I don't have, I have nothing interesting to say about any of the three wide receivers. Like you, I think probably you can sprinkle them all. In I mean, Godwin and Antonio Brown are really cheap. I, I didn't even, oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Godwin at 6,300 is, is really strong. Antonio and, Brown looks really strong. And then Bray, by the way, 3,300, but he played 64% of the snaps. I think he was only targeted four times, but just, that, I guess that was just kind of a weird uh, game flow in general. And I don't expect that. I think Brady will be back to, to toss in bombs in this game. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, OJ Howard actually played a lot last week as well. He played um, one he, more snap, but I think he only had one target. Yeah. And need to dig into the routes run data a little bit for him, but yeah, I mean, the Brady double stacks are definitely gonna be in play. I like bounce back spot for Brady after the no touchdown performance in prime time. And you could potentially get leverage off of Fournette if he ends up as like one of the more popular cash game running backs this week. And so I think that's pretty interesting. Look, like there's going to be variance throughout the year with Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin, but they're they're all capable of putting up those 20, 25 point performances. And so double stacking him with the two cheaper options, I think is pretty viable. Um, Miami, not sure the extent of Will Fuller's hand injury. Don't know if you have that information, but yeah, I think teams have shown that they're going to throw the ball on Tampa more than they're going to pass the ball. And so um, it feels really ugly with Jacoby Brissett, but I think you can consider Jalen Waddle, Devontae Parker, and Mike Jasicki as bring back options. Yeah. 
Um, I, I mean, Waddle, Waddle to me, it like doesn't matter what defense they play because he just gets he only got three targets last week, but it's pretty clear that like targeting Jalen Waddle like six yards from the line of scrimmage is like a big part of their offense. So I'm I'm with that. Uh the Cleveland Browns at the Los Angeles Chargers. The Cleveland Browns defense is just so good. Like they are just destroying opposing offensive lines. Like it's like three weeks in a row they have made uh quarterbacks against them look terrible. Uh, we, we finally saw Mike Williams come back to earth a little bit. Austin Eckler had a huge game last week, but actually gave up a bunch of snaps to Justin Jackson and Larry Roundtree. I think combined yeah. those guys played 33 snaps and he left to the medical tent early. So I don't know how much that played into it, but uh, this, this game just looks kind of gross to me overall. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. The Browns opponents are only running 52 and a half plays. The Chargers opponents are only running 58 plays. So both of these teams are suppressing play volume quite a bit for their opponents. Um, the split in the backfield with the Browns has been too frustrating to bring any of those backs, I think, into consistent play, especially in single entry through max. And then when you factor in the tough matchup, it just seems like it's hard to get there. Um, they've been distributing their targets pretty broadly, guess with the exception of Odell Beckham, but still like low volume of plays run with wide distribution of targets and touches. Definitely not good. I think like Keenan Allen, maybe 6,500, the only guy kind of keep in consideration, probably just a game as one-offs, not interested in stacking this at all. Yeah. So the other guy that is interesting to me, Odell should have legitimately had like 35 fantasy points last week. He he had a touchdown in the end zone. It was just sitting there for him. He, re- he even ran a good route. Like he, he totally burned the corner and Baker just overthrew it. It just, it, he was sitting there in the corner of the end zone, no one on him. Baker overthrows it. Uh, he had another drop down the field. I mean, he, I think he, I, it was like 21 and a half expected points or something like that. Like he almost led wide receivers and expected fantasy points last week. I'm not sure 21 and a half would keep up with Tyreek's. Uh, okay. 50, that's, but... Yeah, that's true. Yeah, fair <laughs> but, enough. Uh, yeah, so I mean, he's 6,000. I mean, I don't it's know. It's fringy. I think it's fine. But I guess the issue, I mean, like he's got 18 targets in two games. Like nine targets to that price is fine, but I'm not like doing victory laps about it. Yeah, I guess it's a. Uh, I guess it's a little bit easier when he was. What he was like? What fifty two? He was like fifty. Well, he's week. like fifty eight. They were. They had a higher team total. Expected to be a better matchup, but obviously was not. Yeah. Um, all right. The Chicago Bears at the Las Vegas Raiders. So David Montgomery going to be out multiple weeks with the uh, ACL injury, though. They said he he does not have an ACL tear. It's just like a sprain or whatever. But DK, I mean, they're they're on top of it. Fifty six hundred, Damian Williams. I I think our projection might be a little light on him. Yeah, so because he, we're he did, giving Justin Fields a huge rushing share that he has not done through two games yet. Well, so Justin Fields, we've got trimmed back to a pretty conservative amount, but uh, Damian did leave the game early last week with an injury. So that's true. Another yeah. guy I want to monitor practice reports on if, if it was just a bruise on the thigh versus like a hamstring pull, then, and he's back and he's practicing in full throughout the course of the week. I do agree with you. He'll probably get 60% of the team's carries. Um, if he's limited and injured going in, I wouldn't be shocked if they use Khalil Herbert a little bit more. So we are projecting a, a decent split. We'll probably update this projection throughout the course of the week. 
still it's like there's some risk with it like it's not guaranteed that he just takes over david montgomery's workload they have a 19 and a half point team total and so if you have to take on the risk with like damian williams or samaj p ryan it just feels like the Bengals situation potentially a little bit better in a four thousand dollar price tag on p ryan versus like the 5800 which is or 5600 for damian so i think he's he's okay but i probably won't play him much this week yeah uh yeah i i basically agree with that not really interested in Allen robinson i mean mooney mooney is the guy who has been crushing with fields you know because fields is a right now he is a better deep ball thrower than he is like, you know, throwing eight yard outs and stuff, which is where Robinson lives. And we still do have a positive projection on fields. Um, I think, I think he's, you know, fine or whatever as, as like a, I, I get, if you played him in cash this week, I, I think it's fine, but the, the rushing has not been there as much as we had hoped. Yeah. Yeah, definitely has not been there. And it's also possible, like, they'll just turn back to Dalton, whatever Dalton's healthy. Um, Cole Komet, 2,700. He's playing the majority of the team snaps. He's getting four or five targets a game. They haven't had to throw the ball very frequently. If they ramp that up at all, like he's close to men um, at a position we looked upon at. Not my favorite tight end play, but I do think is in consideration. Uh, I guess on the Las Vegas side of things, Josh Jacobs was used a bit more than I expected. Um his first game back, it was a game time decision and he ended up being involved. I guess what we expected on the rushing side, he was more involved in the passing game. Uh, they didn't use Peyton Barber very much. And so it doesn't mm-hmm. like 5,900 Jacobs kind of got his full workload back. Um, are you interested in Darren Wall or any of the Raiders wide receivers? Uh, I mean, rugs is, is absurdly priced is Just, he, he is. But now that now that he's being used like a real wide receiver a little bit, um, like he he is being targeted like six, seven, seven, and five. Like that is like more consecutively than he got at any point last year. And they're throwing him deep ones every once in a while. And every game, playing. yeah, I think twenty plus yard reception every game. So, of course, he is absurdly priced, and at fifty six hundred, he might even have to catch two of them to to make yeah, it into that's optimal. The, that's the scare. Um, but I, I don't know in the context of this specific slate where there are not loads of guys in the mid tier that I'm trying like at, at 5,600, would I rather play rugs as a one-off, uh, or would I rather play a $5,100 AJ green? I mean, probably as a one-off, I would rather play rugs, you know, that's where, that's where I'm at. Yeah. Uh, all right. Next game, the Arizona Cardinals at home to the San Francisco 49ers. So I, I guess the one of the biggest questions people are going to have to ask themselves this week is how much is Trey Lance going to run if Trey Lance does start this game at 5,700? Because he is like, to me, he's kind of like the souped up version of the Justin Fields and cash play that people have made the last two weeks because the 49ers offense is actually good and has good players, whereas the Bears offense is not good and does not have good players really. Yeah, if the Lance starts, there's going to be a decision point people are going to have to make between Daniel Jones and Trey Lance. I, I think Jones off of two of his best career performances, um, and then they've got this matchup against the Cowboys where they're projected to put points up. Lance had 24% of the team's carries last week. So I, that, to me, is a bull case that even in kind of this situational spot that he's going to run quite a bit trust Kyle Shanahan to use him the way he should be used and design a game plan around him more than the bears have done with Justin Fields. So 
Um, we're projecting lands for 25% of teams carries. It wouldn't shock me if it goes above that. I also think he just, he changes their overall game plan. I like, they're not going to sit in back there and throw the ball 45 times. So I think the run pass ratio on the 49ers flips even heavier towards the run with Trey Lance back there. Um, definitely the type of quarterback I would be looking to single stack more so than forcing a double stack. Cause a lot of his equity is going to be in the rushing workload. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think you, you just, yeah, you single stack him with one of Debo, Ayuk or Kittle. Um, yeah, that, and you have a preference between Daniel Jones, Trey Lance, they both got team totals like 22, 23 points, both offenses projected to run about 60 plays. I would, I would definitely go Lance because I just think Lance could score. Lance could score like three rushing touchdowns. Like that's in, that's in his range of outcomes. Like, I don't know. I, I am, I am a big Trey Lance bull and, and maybe I'll be wrong and maybe he'll look hilariously inept in this game. Uh, And maybe, maybe a lot of the, the missed priors here are missed priors about Kyle Shanahan being a really good coach. Um, But I, I definitely would be going Lance personally. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Um, George Kittle, just 5,600. Debo Samuels had like a 30, 35% target share. Um, he's now priced up like an alpha wide receiver. So you got to pay for it. But um, I guess in the backfield, we also need to figure out whether or not Elijah Mitchell is going to be back and how that workload is going to split with Trey Sermon, who did see the majority of the running back carries last week. Um, yeah. I mean, I've been saying this the last two weeks, but whenever Elijah Mitchell gets back, I, I just think he is going to be a jam. I just think it's pretty clear. They don't trust Trey Sermon that much though. Sermon did get more of a workload last week. Definitely a, a small miss by me. I think he could have, he, Trey Sermon was close to having like a really good fantasy day. He, he didn't end up having one, but he could have had one. Um, and I, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's- his good, maybe his good play last week, forced him more into a timeshare with Mitchell than it would have been had he been bad in that game. Yeah. Is Kyler even stackable at this point? I feel like it's, I mean, it's a tough sledding. DeAndre Hopkins has 24% of the team's targets, AJ Green, 20%. Still got Rondell Moore in there, 10 to 15% on a week-to-week basis. Well, I'll tell Christian. you who's ruining it. Max Williams is ruining yeah. it. If, if, we, if you scaled Max Williams' targets down to zero, then I think you could make a min one Hopkins, Green, Kirk, Moore. But the fact that Max Williams and Chase Edmonds are combining to steal like 18, 20% of the targets, it, yeah. it, it he is on. Oh, it's more than that. Yeah, it's almost like 30. Yeah. You you should be taking one of those four wide receivers with him. But but honestly, they're all at terrible prices. Like Hopkins is overpriced for his role. And then Kirk and Moore are probably okay. Because if they get 100 plus and a touchdown, it's good. And DeAndre Hopkins, if he gets 100 and a touchdown, it might still not be good. Yeah, but Kirk got one. I mean, Kirk got one target last week. I know. Like, I don't know. It's just so it's just so it's variable like between them. Rondale is the one who you feel uh, will will become progressively more involved over the over the season. Like, yeah, it's just been I, the opposite of that so far. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he he got five targets, eight targets. I mean, you could say you could say it was just because those games were not competitive, right? Like, I mean, the Rams just were not competitive in that game. There was there was no need. But and they also. Even if each of the last two weeks, Rondale has gotten a gadget play near the goal line. He's gotten a gadget play around the goal line each of the last two games. So I, I would probably go Rondale as my Kyler stack this week. Yeah, no arguments there. Pretty interesting game overall. Uh, what about what about um, the running backs? You know, now if we're if we're thinking that that James Conner is actually going to get the the you know the downhill work, this is a, a tough spot 
for the 49ers, right? Rookie quarterback on the road. Cardinals look really good. Like, can James Conner get 18 carries again here? I mean, I like Damian Harris is just a superior play to, to James Conner, I think. Um, I think what we have seen from James Conner is what we expected to see from him and what a bit of what we saw from Kenyon Drake last year. But the price having Conner is creeping up close to the 6K. Kyler's still going to be involved with rushing touchdowns throughout the course of the season. And yeah, like James Conner could theoretically get there, but the chances are that he's going to get 60 yards, 50, 60 yards, and then you're going to have to to double dong to have any fantasy value because he's not really involved in the passing game. So I'm, I'm a pass from both those guys. I'd prefer just to take my chances on the passing game and Kyler himself. Yep. All right, final game. I guess I would anticipate this being the most we popular thought, game. We thought that last week too, right? Well, uh, no, no. I told you. I said, I said, once, once people have seen the run heavy stuff, uh, a couple times, they'll they'll be off of it. They were off of it last week, but there are there are just really not a ton of alternatives this week in terms of um, in terms of game stacks. So, the Cowboys twenty nine and a half point team total. Dak only throws twenty two times last week. Now, obviously, anytime you are, we we kind of fall into this trap. We're like, oh, Dak only threw twenty two times, but like if you're just that efficient on offense, that kind of means you're going to throw a little bit less. Like he had multiple touchdown passes from outside the red zone. And when you do that, like that just limits drives. Like if you throw a 35 yard touchdown pass, that probably saves you like four passing attempts for the rest of that drive. I I do not find myself worried about the Cowboys run pass ratio. I'm not worried about CD. I'm not worried about Amari. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to be, open-minded here and I don't want to be too reactional but I am at least a little bit worried about it like they're top five six in the NFL as far as the percentage of plays are rushing on right now Pollard and Zeke have both been effective it is a good matchup versus the Giants they're at home as well so I think that the stacks I, I guess I feel optimistic in that we may get the stacks at similar ownership as we did last week DJ Moore was exceedingly popular Mari Cooper was somewhat popular, C.D. Lamb much less so, and I, I think that'll probably be the case again this week. I can see people being off the game again, so if it is low-owned, then I'm, I'm happy to take a bit in tournaments. It's not quite as much of a core building block for me this week as it was last week, just because we now have another additional week of data, and um, I guess I'm at least a little bit gun-shy that in this specific matchup, they won't be forced to throw. So if it becomes a chalky game stack, I think there are other spots to pivot to. Like the, I'd rather you know, stack the the bucks than the Cowboys if the ownerships on both those sides were equal. Are we going to talk about Dalton Schultz turning into the new Rob Gronkowski or are we like, I mean, at this point, uh, he has 23 targets. Amari has 29. He has 20 receptions. CD has 20 receptions. He has three touchdowns. That's more than CD. That's the same as Amari. Schultz, Schultz, or Jarwin did catch a touchdown last week, but it was his only reception of the game. I mean, until until Gallup gets back, I think this Dalton Schultz. I my my opinion is this Dalton Schultz uh, role is real, and it it is not it is not an aberration. When Gallup comes back, it will change, but as of right now, the way they're using him with Gallup out is is real. Yeah, I, I think it's still like you're still seeing him running on the higher side of expectation like he's logging more fantasy points per snap than cd lamb as much as amari cooper like i don't think that can hold true so 
I think he's definitely running above expectation, but I do agree that he'll continue to be heavily utilized. And like he has seen a role expansion since Gallup went out, like Jarwin's kind of seen his role stay the same. Um, and so again, like another week of seeing that makes me more comfortable projecting Schultz ahead of Blake Jarwin. Um, yeah, so the, the Cowboys double sacks definitely in play. I think you can bring it back with the Giants. Like they, they've, uh, we don't know for sure all the injury situations at the wide receiver position, but last week with Slayton out, with Shepard out, Kadarius Tony received the same target volume that Shepard did. And I know you're a big film guy. You like the little, the gifts for social media. You like posting the highlight clips. I saw some of Tony. He looked pretty dynamic Dude, once he got the ball in his hands. I, I, and that's how Tony played in college. It was all gimmick stuff. Like it was just all like, uh, he's like fancy Percy Harvin. Um, and I basically, I, the thesis behind the play was well joe judge and jason garrett are such idiots they'll never they'll never figure this out they'll they'll try and turn Kadarius tony into a real wide receiver and you know uh necessity is the mother of invention Kadarius tony gets a bunch of gadget plays last week so so let me let me throw this one at you you use dak prescott you throw cd lamb in there you throw Kadarius tony in there you have dalton schultz at tight end you pick a, a cheap defense you have 6,500 left per slot for two running backs, a wide receiver, and a flex after that. I mean, that is a very appealing bone. That's Those are very appealing bones to single entry three max teams, I think. Yeah, I, def- I definitely agree with you there. Um, yeah, pretty nice. You, I mean, you could also, well, talked about it last week, kind of a similar situation to last week. I mean, you could pivot off of Schultz to Evan Ingram. It, he's 3,200 and, um, you know, just just hope you get, some touchdown variance and some roll upside there. I mean, his, he, his targets per route run is really good. He's got 12 targets back in two games playing basically just as a slot wide receiver. Yeah. So, I mean, like Tony had 25% of the team's targets last week. Ingram had 16, 17%. There's no reason that couldn't flip in a one week sample. And then you're able to get some leverage off of Schultz. You can double stack lamb and Amari Cooper potentially with Dak. If you wanted to do that and still have pretty good, overall like cost per roster spot remaining yeah all right well there we go i mean uh, to be honest it does feel like a pretty big week in terms of injury updates like i think um the the joe mixon stuff is pretty big um you know i I think uh also they left the door open to mccaffrey playing this week yeah by by not putting him on the ir uh would not surprise me if dalvin cook does not play given how bad he looked last week and given the context of the game, Alexander Madison, he weirdly enough back down to 5,500 did not, did not see that coming. I figured they would have just made him. uh, I figured they would have just made him more expensive. AJ Brown and Julio Jones, pretty big injury updates. Um, Gio Bernard would definitely impact Fournette as well with the workload, the running back position. So yeah, a lot of moving parts. And then just some of the practice reports and you're going to get a little bit more insights, I guess, into you know, if Mixon's out, how they would use P. Ryan and Evans and uh, for sure a lot going on this week. Yeah. I think it's going to be a good uh, slate, even though the, like the quote unquote best no, it's, teams it's are a off little it, bit, it's a little good. bit more interesting. It's a little bit more interesting when, when, well, and especially when I have to think, right. Because my strategy, the first four weeks has just been to play Mahomes and one of Tyreek or Kelsey and figure out the bones there for my primary single entry team. So I will have to do a little bit more uh, thinking this week, but Uh, Yeah, there we go, everyone. That is the uh, Game by Game show, and uh, we will be back tomorrow. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. 
<laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.